Bridge of Hope, what a wonderful time in worship. Beautiful songs to remind us of how faithful God is. I'm so thankful for his presence. I'm so thankful for his peace. I'm so thankful that we can run to God, our safe haven, our place of refuge, our place of safety in times like this. Uh, I want to share a couple of things with you. First of all, I want to yet again thank Heritage Church in Moultrie, Georgia, for allowing us to come into their youth building here and to record our service. And we're so thankful and grateful for them, and we bless them. I want to remind you, next week is Easter Sunday, and though we cannot get together in person, we want to connect. We have a goal to reach 1,000 people Easter Sunday. And uh, we have electronic invitations you can get from our Facebook page, the Bridge of Hope Facebook page. You can download that, share that with some friends. It'll come up on the screen so you can see what we're talking about. But we're believing for 100 people saved Easter Sunday. Wouldn't that be incredible? 100 people, maybe some of your family, maybe some of your friends. Just one more, just one more to be saved is what we're hoping for, believing for, and praying for. We want you to pray with us about that. Also, to remind you that we have daily devotions going out regularly. So uh, stay in tune with us via Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. And uh, we believe that those things are going to be a blessing to your life. Uh, also, don't forget to give. You can give online. You can text to give. And uh, we encourage you to do so as we continue to help out those in our church and meet budgetary needs and, and uh, help out those in Deer Park. So having said all that, I would like for you to turn in your Bibles, if you would, to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. And I want to preach to you, the title of this message is Casting, Cast All Your Care. Cast All Your Care. And we're going to define what that means here today. So 1 Peter 5, 7. I believe this is a word for the hour for us today. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, reading in the New King James Version. And if you're at home and you've got it, say a good amen. Amen. It reads, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Aren't you glad we serve a God that cares for us? So you'll take your Bibles in whatever form you have, whether it's on your phone, electronically, whether it's a paper Bible. And I want you just to hold it up and let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to speak to our hearts. I ask God that you would anoint me to speak forth your word, not in word and tongue only, but also in power and in deed. I pray, God, let this seed fall in the good soil of our hearts and grow and bear forth fruit in our lives. I pray let a fresh anointing be upon me, God, to pierce the darkness. And I pray this seed explode in us. God, let us hear what the Spirit is saying. Lord, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray the coronavirus die off the face of this earth. We pray for breakthrough in a mighty way. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody at home, say a good amen. Hold your Bibles up in the air. Let's boldly declare. Father, today, this week, I'm going to be a doer of your word and not a hearer only, deceiving my own self. Now, Lord, anoint my ears. Anoint my heart. Anoint my spirit. Anoint my soul. Anoint my mind and my body to receive the truth of your word. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, the Raleigh Times put out a story several years ago that a hotel manager in a Raleigh hotel reported that a guest woke everybody up in the hotel screaming, It's in the phone book! It's in the phone book! Well, they got security. They didn't know what was going on. And they came into the door and entered in with their, their card that they have that opens all the doors to find the man was asleep. 
They woke him up and they said, what's going on? He said, I was having a nightmare. He was in the midst of a nightmare. And he said, I had a horrible dream. He said, I dreamed that the IRS wanted to send me a big refund and they couldn't find my address. So I was screaming, it's in the phone book. That would be a nightmare if our stimulus checks couldn't get to us, right? We'd be screaming that too. Anxiety, or possibly another word for worry, is distracting Christians from their purpose in life. I believe this is at an all-time high right now. And that leads me to my first point. I only have two points today. And the first point is this. What cares are you carrying? What cares are you carrying? To give you a little backdrop on the power of this scripture in 1 Peter 5, 7, you've got to understand the believers of Peter's day were in terrible persecution. Uh, when Peter wrote this, many of them had been forced to run from their lives, fleeing their jobs, their homes, their possessions. They fled with whatever they could carry to go to whatever place they could find. In many cases, they were an underground church worshiping in secret, uh, much like many churches in the 1040 window today. So I want you to imagine the anxiety, the pressure, the tension, the stress being experienced by this group of believers when Simon Peter wrote in this kind of setting. It was in that kind of setting that he wrote to cast our cares upon the Lord because he cares for us. And that, that's, a, that's a huge backdrop to understand the power and the meaning behind this because they were in very perilous times just as we're in perilous times now. Now, there's several questions that we need to answer. First of all, what does care mean here? He says, cast all your cares. The word care literally means anxiety, solicitude, or the idea of distraction. As a matter of fact, the Greek word for care, marimna, found here is connected to the Greek word marizo, meaning to draw in a different direction or to distract. So, for example, it's like you going to do something and something else distracts you from the place in which you were going. It's sort of like you've ever gotten up from the living room and you're on your way to another part of the house for something. And on your way to that destination, let's say the kitchen, one of the kids or your spouse hollers and says, hey, can you come here? I need your help. And so you get distracted and you go help them. And so then you forget about what you were originally going to do. You lose track of the direction of what your original intent was. And then sometimes, if you're like me, you forget what you were doing altogether. And a couple hours later, you think, oh, why didn't I do that? And you had totally gotten distracted from where you were trying to head. That's what anxiety does. And that is the best way to describe it. It, it tries to get you to forget what you were doing in the first place. Brothers and sisters at Bridge of Hope Church and those of you watching, our purpose in life is to pursue God. We are supposed to go after God and the kingdom of God and the things of the kingdom of God. And all that's going on with the coronavirus right now, all the things that are happening with the news outlets and everywhere else is distracting. It can be very distracting to us. And then before long, we're so caught up with that over here that we forget our original purpose is to go after God every single day. To get into his presence every day. I mean, what does anxiety really do? Webster defines anxiety as concern respecting something or event, future or uncertain. Isn't that the fact now with the coronavirus? Which disturbs the mind and keeps it in a state of painful uneasiness. Anxiety is a tool of the devil to get us distracted. It was Arthur Summers' Roche, who wrote, anxiety is a thin stream of fear trickling through the mind. 
If encouraged, it cuts a channel into which all other thoughts are drained. The word is a description of the society and the world that we are in right now. This world is distracted. This world has got their minds on everything but God, it seems like. And I want to tell you, we need to get our minds and our focus back on the Lord. We have internet. We have cell phones. We have computers. We have all kinds of technology gadgets to keep us worried about what's going on with the coronavirus 24 hours a day, seven days a week. In fact... Uh, I would dare say that uh, that we're watching more, well, maybe not all of us, but there's some that are in the church that are watching more and caring more about what the news is saying than running to God and asking God what he's saying. We need to run to God. One psychologist said that an average person's anxiety is focused on these things, and he kind of broke it down. He said 40% of things that will never happen, 30% are things about the past that can't be changed, 12% is criticism by others, which most of it's untrue. 10% is about our health, which gets worse with stress. And he said 8% is really about all of the real problems that you will actually face, and that can't be changed anyway. There is no value in having anxiety, and there is no value in worry. We've got to stay away from being distracted by what's going on in the world and run to God. A great example of this is found in Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. While they were traveling, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary, who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. Verse 40, but Martha was distracted. Say it with me right there in your living rooms, distracted. Martha was distracted by her many tasks, and she came up and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has made the right choice and it will not be taken away from her. In verse 40, that word distracted, if you're in King James Version, it says cumbered. Distracted or cumbered. Cumbered is an old English word that means to drag around and be distracted. Exactly what the meaning was. To put you in a different direction. To alter the course in which you're going. Our journey, we should be pursuing God. And, and that, that those anxieties divert our attention and put us going in a different direction. And that's what happened here with Mary. It literally means to drag around and be distracted. As a matter of fact, the word cumbered in the Greek means to be overly occupied about a thing. So that it becomes the primary focus and what you were originally trying to do becomes less. So in this case... Mary's primary focus was Jesus and getting to the feet of Jesus. Martha was so cumbered, she was so over-occupied with getting a meal prepared and doing all these other things that she missed out on the primary thing, which should have been to get to the feet of Jesus. If you are overly occupied about the coronavirus, folks, it's going to fill you with anxiety and worry and all these things. We need to be occupied with Jesus Christ and his presence. He's the Prince of Peace. Hallelujah! Song of Solomon says it this way in, in, in Song of Solomon chapter 2, verse 15. It says, Catch us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. I am told that big foxes will come by, adult, full, mature, grown foxes will come by, and they'll just eat the grapes. 
But the little foxes will not only eat the grapes, but they'll nibble on the vine and destroy the vine at the same time. So they'll spoil the vine. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine in life. It's not the big things in life that ruin things. It's usually the little things that mount up to become something major. As a matter of fact, it's, it's, it's little things that accumulate that end marriages and relationships. We think so many times that, oh, the big things, oh, adultery is going to end the marriage and things like that. But many times, many couples make it through something like adultery. What gets people so many times, it's the little things in the marriage. And eventually those little things accumulate until finally two people that were once deeply in love will find themselves before a judge saying, we want a divorce because we have irreconcilable differences. It was little things along the way that accumulated to destroy that marriage. It's little financial mistakes along the way that accumulate to cause someone to go to bankruptcy. It's little lies along the way that cause someone to uh, uh, lose their trust in a relationship. It's the little news reports. It's the little Facebook shares. It's the little internet articles, one after the other after the other, that will cause great anxiety over the coronavirus and rob you of your peace. It's not the big thing sometimes. Sometimes it's the daily, almost hourly news reports, what's going on in the world, that will just keep you in terrible anxiety and worry. Brothers and sisters, folks, God does not want us to live this way. God did not intend for us to face it this way. We need some good news. And I want to tell you the Bible's full of that good news. Hallelujah. As a matter of fact, I like following Dave Ramsey on Instagram, and I do. Here lately, he's been posting good news reports. I, I love it. I just can't wait for him to post. Sometimes it's two, three pages on, the, on, the, on Instagram that shows good things that are happening, progresses that are being made. And it, you know what? It inspires hope in me. It encourages me. Folks, we've got to find... There's nothing wrong with watching the news. I'm not saying don't watch the news. What I am saying, if you watch the news and everything going on in the coronavirus four or five hours a day, and you meet with God five minutes a day, I promise you that's a recipe for anxiety and worry and distress. We need to flip that. It's okay to watch the news and see what's going on, but man, we need to outweigh our news time and our article times in the presence of God and in the Word of God, and we will be filled with peace. The choice is ours. I don't know about you. I would rather walk in peace. Somebody say a good amen right there where you're at in your living room. Throughout the day, the planned and unplanned events that build up, they cause us our, our focus to break down and they spread us thin as they move us from one situation to another. And if we're not careful, we're going to let this coronavirus, instead of drawing us closer to God, take us away from God. Our busyness is causing so much care and anxiety in the world today. People expect us to be busy and overworked. You know, it's become a status symptom in our society. A status symbol, excuse me, in our society. If we're busy, we feel that we're important. If we're not busy, we're almost too embarrassed to admit that we're, we're, we're not that busy. Busyness is where we some people get their security because they feel it's validating them. And it's popular and pleasing. And it it's also becomes a good excuse for not dealing with our first priorities. You know, I, I pray, Lord, and read my Bible more, God, but... But I have deadlines to meet. You understand, Lord. And folks, I want to tell you, this creates anxiety because if you're not in the presence of the Prince of Peace, Jesus, you can't get his peace. Oh, I'd love to spend some quality time with you, spouse and kids and other important people in your life, but I have work and it's urgent. 
Of course, I know you understand. Well, that's going to create anxiety in those relationships. Oh, oh, I'd like to spend more time exercising and eating right and these things, but I'm just so busy I can't deal with all that right now. And so now that creates internal anxiety. One positive thing that I find in this coronavirus and quarantine is that it's made us all slow down and kind of regroup in life. I mean, it's causing us to rethink some things. It's causing us to rebuild some old relationships. Maybe for some of you to rekindle the fire in your marriage. I'm going to predict in nine months from now around Christmas, there's going to be a baby boom. <laughs> I'm going to predict there's going to be a rise in baby births about nine months from now. Glory to God, we need some rekindling of some marriages. The devil's attacked our marriages for too long. I want to tell you there's some positives that can come out of this. We need to reestablish Jesus is first in our life. We need to reestablish putting our spouse and our kids up there where they need to be in the priority level. Reprioritize things. I think, I think in some regards this has been a good thing. If we're not careful, the sun will be setting and we'll feel we haven't accomplished anything. And the distractions will detour our assignments. There have been so many times that I've gone to the office and I've thought in my mind, if I could get this one major thing done today, I'm going to feel good about today. And of course... I'll get other things done, but I'm, I'm going to the office with that one thing in mind. And before I can walk through the office doors, I got my phone ringing. I get in the office. There's distractions all day long. I go home. I worked a full day, and I didn't get the one thing I went to go do done. I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but it happens to me sometimes. And I think, man, the one thing I wanted to get done, I didn't because I got so many distractions. And while I put all those little fires out, I missed the whole purpose and what I was trying to get done that day. Don't let the coronavirus and all that's going on in the world today take you away from the most important thing in your life, which is to get in the presence of God, to get to the feet of Jesus, to worship him every day, to pray every day, to get in your word and hear what, what is God saying to you. Man, there's such peace that comes with that. Mark 4, 19 says it this way. And the cares of this world the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. The word cares here and the cares of this world it, it is the same Greek word as in our text, anxiety. So listen to the idea of distraction. It too is connected to the word marizo, which means to draw in a different direction and distract. The cares of life, the anxieties and the distractions of life divert us and they will choke the word of God. They will choke our time with God in prayer and our Bible reading and our worship. Don't let that happen to you. Make your mind up that everything going on right now is not going to distract you from your time with God. That rather it's going to make you draw closer to God. Hallelujah. If we're not careful, this coronavirus and all the negative effects will choke the word of God right out of us. We'll start believing the scientists. We'll start believing the news reporters more than we'll believe the word of God. I'm not saying don't use wisdom. I'm just telling you the truth of God's word trumps facts all day long. We're not careful. It'll choke your time with God because... We just got to have one more report to see what's going on. And we'll go to bed and our mind will be so cluttered with that stuff, we can't even get it cleared to hear from God, to pray even. What's the latest sick map? How fast is this thing accelerating? How many people have now died? How many people have survived? 
When am I going to get my emergency relief stimulus check? Will I be able to go to the grocery store? Will I find any toilet paper? Will there be any meat? Ah! And before long, you're so filled, uh, filled excuse me, with death, doom, gloom, and despair that you can't muster the strength to even find God in your prayer closet. You'd be so filled with gloom and despair, you can't bring yourself to worship or find a song in your heart. When you open the Bible and the scriptures, they're not, they're not speaking to you anymore. Now that there's no meaning, they're just words on a page. If you're not careful, this coronavirus can suck the life of God right out of you, and that's what the devil wants. That's not God's plan for us during this crisis. Say that with me. That's not God's plan for my life during this crisis. We should be drawn closer to God. These are all stolen and taken away from us as we deal with the cares and the problems of life. I found this little story. A, a French soldier in World War I carried with him this little receipt for worry. And I think it just fits so perfectly with what we're dealing with today. Of two things, one is certain. Either you are at the front or behind the lines. If you are at the front, one of two things is certain. Either you are exposed to danger or you are in a safe place. If you are exposed to danger of two things, one is certain. Either you are wounded or you are not wounded. If you are wounded of two things, one is certain. Listen very closely. Either you will recover or you will die. If you recover, there's no need to worry. If you die, you can't worry. So why worry? Worry does nothing to help you one bit. So what is the answer for this? What is the answer for the cares of this world? Because Peter said, casting all your care upon him. Remember, this was written to people who literally were abandoning their homes and their, and their possessions and they were running with whatever they could find for their lives. Casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. What's the answer? The answer is the first word there, casting. So point number two is this. Cast all your cares upon the Lord. So point one was... Uh, what cares are you carrying? Point number two, cast all your cares upon the Lord. Now, there are many places in the New Testament where casting is mentioned. In Matthew 13, 47, it talks about a cast being, uh, a net, excuse me, being cast into the sea. Mark 10, 50 talks about a man casting aside his garment. In Mark 16, 17, they talk about casting out devils. Um, in Hebrews 10.35, the scripture says this, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. In other words, he's saying here, don't cast away your faith. In times like this with the coronavirus and all that the news is saying and all the fears and worries of this world, God is telling us, don't cast away your faith in his word, in him. Hallelujah. When we read the word cast in our English Bibles, we simply think it all means the same thing, and that is to throw something. However, in the Greek language, there are several different words translated as cast or casting. And these words have slightly different meanings. The two we will look at are translated as cast or casting into English. So one is the Greek word ekbalo, which means to throw something out or to cast it out. This is used frequently in the New Testament, especially like when Jesus would cast devils out of somebody. The second Greek word is eperipto, which is from the root word ripto, which means to throw something with a jerking motion in a particular direction. Not just throw something, but throw it in a particular direction. So here's two scriptures, and we're going to nail this down. 
Uh, Matthew 15, 30, here's two scriptures of examples. It says, And great multitudes came unto him, having with them those who were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. In other words, they took sick people, and they literally cast them down. They threw them down at the feet of Jesus for Jesus to heal them. By the way, that's a good place for you to take your problems and your concerns. Another one we find in Luke 19.35 says, And they brought him to Jesus, and they cast their garments upon the colt, and they set Jesus thereon. So they were casting their garments, their clothes, on the donkey and around the feet of Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I've got an exciting thing for you to, to, to hear me. In 1 Peter 5.7, this is the word cast that Simon Peter used. This is the word he used to say, cast your care upon the Lord. It does not mean throw your hands in the air and cast your cares just somewhere. Uh-uh. It means to pick them up and throw them towards Jesus Christ in a particular direction. In other words, I've got all these cares and problems. I'm going to throw them at you, Jesus, because I know you're going to help me. When you cast all your cares upon the Lord, he will take care of you. The battle is not yours, but it's God's. Amen? The battle is not yours, but it is the Lord's. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 through 9, twice in verse 7 and 9, God speaks to Joshua and he says, be very courageous. Do you know why? He didn't want Joshua walking into the promised land filled with anxiety. He said, man, I'm with you. So many times, Joseph in the Bible, in Genesis 39, the Bible says that God was with him. In Romans 8, 31, it says, if God be for us, who then can be against us? George Mueller said it this way, the beginning of anxiety is the end of faith, and the beginning of true faith is the end of anxiety. Just recently, Jimmy Evans said, fear is reality minus God. Faith is reality plus God. Boy, I love that. Faith doesn't discount reality. It just says, well, I see reality, but I've got an X factor, and his name is Jesus Christ. And he trumps anything that I will ever face on this earth. There is nothing greater than the name of Jesus. Not cancer, not diabetes, and not coronavirus. Jesus is greater than it all. Somebody say amen. Casting all your care upon the Lord means to pull all your cares, all your distractions, all your hindrances together at one time and thrust them from your mind and spirit at the feet of Christ. Watch this. The word cast, listen closely. Lean up on your couches. Lean into what I'm going to tell you right now. The word cast is not like casting a fishing line where your intent is to reel it back to you. Uh -uh. It's like when you were kids, uh, you would take a flat rock and you'd stand on the shore of a lake or a river or a creek and you would take that flat rock and you would throw it and you would try to skim it. How many times could you make that flat rock bounce across the water? And you'd count and you'd have competition. See, the word cast here doesn't mean like I'm casting a fishing line to bring it back. Uh -uh. It's like throwing that rock across the water with, and you have zero intent to ever take it back. That's what casting all your cares upon the Lord means. Take all your cares, throw them like you would that flat rock into the water, and you have zero intent. Nobody ever wants to go in that water and go find that rock. It's just gone. It's the same. That's what Jesus is meaning here. So I've wrote out some things that we need to cast at his feet. Anxiety. You need to pull anxiety right out of your heart, right out of your life, and cast it at the Lord. 
anxiety over the unknown, the fear of the unknown of what's going on right now. I, I, I encourage you right in your home to pull that right out of your heart and cast that out to the Lord. Anxiety over the coronavirus. Am I going to get sick with this coronavirus? I want you to take that fear and that anxiety, pull it out of your heart, ball it up, cast it in a certain direction right at the feet of Jesus. Anxiety over a loved one that's going to maybe die over coronavirus. The fear the devil's going to try to tell you your loved ones are going to die because they're going to get the coronavirus and you're never going to even get to go to their funeral. Take that fear and that anxiety. Ball that up and throw it right to the feet of Jesus. Anxiety over financial loss. What am I going to do? I'm going to get laid off. I, 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 or, or maybe there's I'm going to get laid off or someone I love is. Take that anxiety. Ball that up over the fear of losses of finances and cast it down at the feet of Jesus. Anxiety over being able to buy groceries. Am I going to find toilet paper? Am I going to find meat? And when I get to go to the grocery store, will they have what I need? I want you to take that anxiety and that fear. Ball it up and throw it right at the feet of Jesus. And I want you to take all the fear, every bit of fear that's trying to attack you in the midnight hour and ball that up and say in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you, spirit of fear. Get out of here in the name of the Lord. Be gone. I want you to take all the stress of this situation that the devil's trying to put on you and cast it to the feet of Jesus. Go to the presence of God and say, I'm not going to deal with that anymore. I want you to take all the worry that he's trying to fill you with at 3 o'clock in the morning and keep you up at night and tell you all the bad things that are going to happen. Take all that worry. Oh my God, I feel the presence of God. And throw it out and say in Jesus' name. Oh, that stuff's gone now. Guess what? The only thing left is the peace of God that passes all understanding. Woo! Somebody shout glory. Man, I feel the presence of God. But some will say, but pastor, the circumstances are still there. Yes, that's true. However, this action of what we just did by faith helps you release the pressure of those cares and release all the worries and anxieties of those things. And by giving them to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit will release the inner struggles and will bring you perfect peace. Glory to God. I want you to, I want you to, to bow your heads and close your eyes. Holly is going to come and sing casting all your cares upon the Lord again. And I want you to, just to, right where you're sitting right now, I want you to just, I, I took paper and balled it up and, and I threw it. I want you to take all that stuff, all the lies the devil's trying to tell you, all the worry he's trying to give you, all the anxiety he's trying to fill you to divert your attention away from God and away from the Word of God. And I want you just to symbolically just ball it up and throw it. Just ball it up. Name it if you want. Anxiety, go. Worry, be gone. Fear of the unknown, gone. Fear of the coronavirus or somebody in my family get it. Be gone in Jesus' name. Oh, take the fear, oh, the anxiety over, am I going to, is my loved one going to die from it? I throw it at the feet of Jesus. You get rid of that stuff. Cast it like the rock across the water. You have no intention of ever taking it back. I want you to do that right now. She's going to sing this song just a cappella for us. For just a moment, if you're done with that little exercise, then why don't you, right where you're at, just sing with her. Cast all your cares upon the Lord. Cast all your cares. 
it right in your home. Cast all your cares upon the Lord. Cast all your cares upon the Lord, for He cares for you, and He knows what you're going through. So you're watching right now and you do not have Jesus Christ in your heart as your Lord and Savior, I want to tell you you will never have peace without Jesus. He's the Prince of Peace. If you want to truly get rid of all anxieties and worries in life, if you're trying, if you're tired of trying to face this life alone, and you want to enter into a relationship with Jesus, who wouldn't want to trade anxiety and worry and fear over life for the peace of God that passes all understanding, for peace with Jesus? I don't know about you, but I would any day. I have. I've done it. I do it every day. I want to invite you to accept Jesus Christ into your heart as your Lord and Savior. And if you'd like to do that right now, I'd like to just lead you in a simple prayer. So just pray with me right where you're at, if that's you. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins, of all my wrongs. I know that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But I come before you now and I ask you to come into my heart as my Lord and as my Savior. I give my life to you. And Lord, I repent of my sins, which means I turn away from them and I turn to you. I will no longer be diverted from you, but I will now pursue you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. If you prayed that prayer, I want to tell you that you are now, your name is now written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You know what the Bible says? Born again. You've got a new nature. You've got everything changes now. Today was great if you're watching. But if you made that prayer, the rest of your life will change. Your future generations will change. Everything will change for the better. And if you accepted Jesus today, I'd like for you to text the word to believe. Believe on the screen. Text the word believe. on. The, you'll see the number on the screen. And uh, we want to give you some next steps and send you some, some things that, uh, to help you on your new journey with Christ. Also, if you would like to connect with us, and we hope you would, you can text to the same number the word connect. And uh, we would be honored to reach out to you and, and, and touch base with you. Uh, we're here to help you. If you've got a prayer need, you can, you can text the word connect. We'll connect with you and we can pray for you. And, and uh, we're just here for you. Bridge of Hope loves you. Listen, if you uh, are not ready to receive Jesus yes yet, and I hope that you are, but if you're not, you're just kind of kicking the tires on this church thing. 
Maybe you're new to church and this is kind of your first experience watching online. And you're kicking the tires on this church and Christianity. Hey, kick them with us. We're okay. You can belong before you believe at Bridge of Hope Church. And so I want to say thank you so much for being with us here today. It really truly was our honor. And I pray that you were ministered to in a powerful way. Stay connected to us throughout the week. Uh, through Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. We're also still doing small groups via Zoom. Uh, we're doing daily devotionals to inspire you, hopefully to, to bring encouragement and hope. And uh, so we want you to stay safe this week. Be blessed. God bless you, and we'll see you soon.